With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand sports talk network with a lot more content coming your way make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash dallas and as we do around this time here on prime time it is time to remind you that freeman mazda makes this show possible every single night so we'll talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show but before we do any of that though let's get into tonight's topic we're going to dive into what you could call maybe the biggest losers of the NFL draft, but I would much rather call it the players who were kind of put on blast or whose seats are hottest or even hotter than they were before the draft. Because, you know, these are plenty of players that joined the team when you think about it with the framework of a 53-man roster. You've got eight draft picks. Plus, the Cowboys are being praised for landing one of the best undrafted free agent classes of the year. So you might include one or two players in there. The Cowboys have certainly not shied away from opening a spot for UDFAs over the last few years with Mike McCarthy at the wheel. I mean, just think about Peyton Hendershot. Just think about Terrence Steele. This team will not shy away from giving opportunities to UDFAs. So there might be some positions that are a little bit shaken up throughout this whole process. And tonight I want to dive into some of those. But before we do any of that, before we get into the list, let me say hi. Welcome everyone into the show. We've got Charlene. We've got Toxic Tom. We've got Joey Bella as well joining us right now. We've got Kila over at YouTube. Tommy915 saying, Que rollo mo? Let's go. Uh, Katharina, we've got Alex as well on YouTube. Thank you, everyone, into the show. I see that the live chat was having some TV show, some some TV show conversation, and I saw some love for the Peaky Blinders, and I think that is a very good show. And I kind of hate myself here and there because for some reason. I have not gotten through the final season. So no spoilers. No spoilers in the chat, please. Uh, I need to like, and not even that I found it boring or anything like that. Just that when the final season came out, and I know there's a movie coming as well. My life was very, very hectic at the time. And I couldn't get down oh, for, for the last season. So I actually kind of forgot about it for a while. But now that I'm seeing the comments, I'll get on that uh, uh, for sure. I'll I'll, uh, I'll get on that maybe maybe this weekend maybe this weekend is the uh, the perfect moment for me to binge on the Peaky Blinders. Anyways, Cowboys content. Let's get into the Cowboys. I've got a list. 
of six players that were put on blast by this rookie class, let me know in the chat, who do you think was the most impacted player out of this year's NFL draft and UDFA class? Who do you think is a player that won't make it maybe because of one particular rule? You can be as creative as you want. Let me know in the chat. I'm not going to go necessarily by order. This is just how I set up my ADC Sports article and we'll go through several stages here. So let's start with Josh Ball, the offensive lineman. I think that, you know, I know that Cowboys Nation kind of likes to make fun of, of Josh Ball because his play was not ideal, let's call it that, to begin his career. And the Cowboys, man, and, and this does not have to be necessarily from last year's class, just to answer Colin here in the YouTube chat. This can be any veteran. This can be any second-year player, third-year player, whatever you want it to be. Guys that maybe were on the team last season and that might be looking at an uphill battle for this offseason. Josh Ball is one of them for me, uh, but, but that are impacted by this rookie class is what I mean. Josh Ball is seeing an offensive tackle room that just got Asim Richards and that it got Errol Bostic, the undrafted free agent, who the Cowboys guaranteed $220,000. Now, I know, I know that maybe you cannot go just buy that when it comes to undrafted free agents, but it is certainly relevant that he was the highest paid undrafted free agent for the Cowboys, that he's an offensive lineman, and that he's won the most, right? Talking about Bostic here. But he also added a fifth rounder, and that is a Sim Richards, 34-inch arms. That guy can play tackle and guard, and the Cowboys believe he can play both on the left guard position and the right guard position. Like, if it's needed, like, they think he can play in both sides of the, of the football. I think Richards is a lock to make the team. And I think that Earl Bostic's presence and the fact that he got $220,000 guaranteed dollars worth of love would put even Matt Willetsko maybe at risk, depending on his health and how he looks as a second-year player. So the offensive tackle room, quite shaken up, in my opinion. I will say this, though. The Cowboys interestingly said that a ball could maybe get some work inside. Who knows if this is the Cowboys saying you know what, I got to figure out if he is worthy spot, whether he whether it is because of position flex or whether it is because we like what we see at, on the inside better than what we do on the outside. But this is also important. The Cowboys, different offensive, lineman, offensive line coach. So how much weight will Mike Solari bring to the table when it comes to the de decision-making by the team when they are making those final cuts? I think the Josh Ball is definitely in the hot seat. Uh, let's see what you guys have to say. Brian says, Ball, for sure. Wish we drafted Osiris, uh, meaning Torrance from Florida. Lance Bell says, Alarcon at risk. And one, fair. Two, I wouldn't include him on this list because I'm mostly focusing on guys that were on the 53-man roster last year, which is not Isaac's case. But I agree that Isaac, you know, is facing a, an uphill battle 
with Massa Smith in there and Jonathan Hankins in there, both maybe playing the defensive tackles, uh, the nose tackle spot. We'll talk more about the defensive linemen in a in a few moments here. By the way, so yeah, I wouldn't include I wouldn't include Isaac Alarcon just because I would focus on players that were actually on the fifty three man roster last year, which is why I'm not including him. El Tino says Solari is starting with a clean slate, and I agree. I could see the Cowboys being drastic about what they do with their offensive linemen. I said it like you know briefly. But I honestly could see the Cowboys leaving Waletsko and Ball out of the roster if they really like what they see from Richards and what they see from Bostic. I could see that because there is a new coach for the position. And as Eltina says, you know, they, they might want to look for different things with their players on uh, in the trenches. Uh, shout out to Alicia. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, saying keep up the woodwork. I appreciate it. Gregory says, Ball would have been cut last year, not Ridgeway. Oh, should have been cut. Excuse me. Should have been cut. Uh, let's see here. Who else we got? Uh, Six to Midnight says, I am expecting electric from the Deuce. Deuce will be a part of this conversation tonight, by the way. So stay tuned for that. Kenny says, I owe you an apology, but I don't know... Why, Kenny, let, let us know. I don't know if you're talking to somebody else in the, in the Facebook chat or maybe you're, you're telling me. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know, Kenny. Give us more comment on, on that. Uh, but apology accepted. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for being here, though. Uh, next on the list. After Jill. Man, I got to talk about the defense tackles. And I know that the overlay might not be in that particular order, but, you know, we're improvising. I'm just kidding. Masa Smith, obviously, will shake up the defensive tackle room, but I think he's not the only one. As you guys know, Billy Amifel had some depth to the interior defensive lineman group because the Cowboys appear to be willing to move him. He was drafted a defensive end out of Sacramento State, and now we're in a position in which the defense is a little bit too crowded. And if you go really quickly through it, you will see obviously Ozo Digisuwa as a top dog at the three technique spot. And you will obviously see Mouse Smith as the immediate starter at nose tackle. You could make some arguments about Jonathan Hankins maybe holding down the fort for a while while the Cowboys get Masi acclimated to the next level. I don't think that will be the case because Will McClay himself said it, and we saw it in the video of the war room. They look at Smith as an immediate starter. However, I do not see Hankings out of this roster. I think that the Cowboys will want to carry two fresh nose tackles. Even on the active roster, I could see this happening. But you still have some questions about Bohana, who really didn't ever earn a, a full-time role as a nose tackle, which was probably the reason why the Cowboys drafted him in 2021. Now, Gallimore is a more complicated conversation because I'm not sure what to make out of the Gallimore stuff. He was inactive for that game. I know that. You know that. But it's also a situation in which 
Bohan, I look at him as more of a natural nose tackle than I do Gallimore. And Gallimore was asked to do a little bit of everything across the Cowboys' defensive line. Does he earn a shot at proving himself as purely a three technique? Because I don't think the Cowboys are deep at that spot particularly. However, I include him on the list because I can see Chauncey Goldston earning a spot higher on the on the depth chart. Chauncey Goldston, former defensive end, the Cowboys more or less moved him to the defensive tackle position full-time. And then they're, they're also talking about Biliami Fehoko moving inside. And I don't think that Fehoko, a fourth-round draft pick, is going to be cut from the team or anything like that. So I could see both Bohana and Gallimore, honestly, at this point out of the 53-man roster. Now, to be fair and to be transparent, Gallimore is in my 53-man roster projection. So there could be... Uh, I'm not saying like they don't have a shot at making the team or anything like that. These are just guys that are going to have a busy offseason. They're going to have to show up to OTAs. They're going to have to work. And they're going to have to outplay some of the young ones arriving at the team. So even though I only listed Masa Smith as the player that impacts both of these guys, I think Viliami Fehoko is also included there, though. Uh, Six to Midnight says, can Bo play three technique? Maybe so, maybe so, but I would be... Hmm, I wouldn't be bullish on the prospects of him beating Goldston, Fehoko. Oza is obviously the, the top dog at that spot, uh, but... It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for sure for him to, to earn his, himself a role as a tree technique. But he can do it for sure. Uh, same as Gallimore. Day two might be fighting for the final two spots of the roster for the interior defensive line. And it also depends on what the team does with Fajoko. Because I don't, I mean, I, I'm, I do know that they kind of mentioned it on one of the press conferences, they, or at least they alluded to it. But I'm not sure that they have reached a final decision, right? Because Fehoko was a defense event at uh, San, Jose, San Jose State. Let's see what you guys have to say in the chat, though, in the meantime. Toxic Tom says, I like Neville more than I like Bohana. El Tino says, I think that Bohana is safe. Gallimore, not so much. And, you know, the fact that those comments are back-to-back really tells you a lot about the defensive tackle. And it kind of, like, shows that it's freaking May. Right, And we talk about the Cowboys daily because we are obsessed with the Cowboys. But <laughs> these players have, act, have to actually put in the work for us to know how the roster will, will shake up, right? Will shake out. Let's see here. Lance Bell says the tweeners going to have to out-tween those that can do multiple positions, says Lance Bell. And there's a lot of, maybe not tweening, but... There's a lot of versatile players on the Cowboys' defense. There's a lot of them. A lot of hybrids. Let's let's call them hybrids. Because tweener, you know, and I understand this is exactly what Lance means, actually. But uh, you don't want tweeners. You, you don't want tweeners on, on your team. Because they, they are the wannabe hybrids, right? I guess. Toxic Thumbs says, Bo isn't a three. He would be below Oza, Neville, Goldston and Fehoko, and I agree with that uh, as you as you heard me earlier in the show. So I wouldn't see Bo as that. 
Ohana is kind of one of the players that, in my opinion, was put on blast by the draft picks. But before we move on a little bit here on the show, from 1 to 10, how likely do you think Peyton Hendershot is to be on the 53-man roster? How likely is it uh, that Peyton Hendershot makes the 53-man roster after having played in 26% more or less of the Cowboys offensive snaps? Let me know in the chat, and we will get into that in a few moments here uh, while you give me your answers. And before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. It's a family-owned business, has been so for over 65 years, so you get A-plus customer service while looking at a wide range of new and used vehicles over at their dealership at Irving, Texas, or even better, at their website over at FreemanMazda.net. In there, you can browse through that collection of cars. You can check out the features of every car, pictures of the outside and inside of the vehicle, and as we do around this time here on Prime Time, it is time for us to dive right into the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. In this case, it is the 2024 Mazda CX-90 3.3 Turbo Premium Plus. We were talking about hybrid defenders earlier on the show. Now it is time to talk about the hybrid plug-in electric vehicle that's got premium audio, third row seating, a sunroof, rear air conditioning, and a fuel economy of 24 miles per gallon in the city. That goes up to 28 when you are in the highway. Make sure that you check out the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week at FreemanMazda.net. There you go. Let's see what you guys have to say about Hendershot. How likely is Hendershot to make the team? 7%. I mean 7%. No. Uh, <laughs> why did I go with a percentage? Uh, Gilbert's a seven from from one to ten. Nine point nine 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 nine. Uh Six for Toxic Tom. Has a lot of competition, and I only see Dallas carrying three tight ends with a fullback. Damn it, Tom! Let let me let me have the show. Nah, I'm just kidding. That's exactly my logic, though. Uh, Pesky Citizen goes with nine. I'm gonna go with with a. With a six, because I do think it is more likely than not that Hendershot makes a team. But he's impacted by a lot of these rookies, man. He really is. Lance Bell went with a six. Eight goes for double R. Colin says he's a near lock for the 53. The question is Sean McKeon. Tom and I want five. Five for Gregory. And by the way, I know, I know that's not Hendershot's jersey number anymore. But damn, that's a badass picture. Anyways, back to the football content. Hendershot is in a in a interesting spot right now because looks couldn't make it was added in the second round. And he is not a question of whether or not he'll make the roster. He's making the roster. The question is, is he starting over Jake Ferguson or not? So at minimum. At maximum, more than uh, actually, now that I think about it, Hendershot would be the number three tight end. If the Cowboys were about to carry four guys at tight end, then his spot would be pretty safe, right? Hendershots. Because you would have maybe McKeon, 
Hendershot, and it doesn't matter who's number three. They both would make the roster. I'm not sure the Cowboys carry four tight ends now, though. They did so for the majority of the regular season last year. But now you're adding Luke, Lip, uh, excuse me, Hunter Lipke, the running back from North Dakota State that's said to become a fullback in the NFL. And it might be redundant to carry that fourth tight end because at the end of the day, he's a pass catching player. Forget about the position tag. He's a pass catching player who can also bring it in terms of blocking. And if you look at Lipke, he's a damn good pass catcher. For sure. And in my opinion, he can play specifically the role of an H-back. He can get involved as a as a legitimate like tight end almost, but not necessarily in line, just set back from the line of scrimmage. You can get him involved in fullback dives. You can have him run angle routes, out routes, choice routes. I'm sorry for saying choice routes. I know Cowboys Nation does not like that nowadays. But here's where it gets like messy because maybe if you carry a fourth tight end and you're talking about four tight end sets, etc., how different is it is that from having three tight ends and then Hunter Lipke getting involved? Even for the active roster, like forget about the 53. You you need to get the inactive players in there before game time. So I think it would be redundant, and I see, uh, I see this becoming a conversation of there's only going to be three tight ends in the roster, and Hendershot is going to be fighting Princeton Fant, the UDFA out of Tennessee, and he's going to be fighting Sean McKeon. Those are the guys fighting for the number three spot, and that might be the only spot available for them. So I think Hendershot does not have a safe job. But I do see him above Fant and above McKeon as of right now. However, not fully safe, in my opinion. I think he's one of the players that was put on blast, too, by these rookie class. Guru says, Hunter is a big running back, not a fullback. We've done with, uh, with Jamie's uh, Oli Wallet. Says Guru. I think he's going to be a fullback, honestly. I mean, he's going to be very versatile. Like, he's not going to be the old school version of a fullback. But you look at what the Bison did over at North Dakota State. And that was a kind of like a committee running back stuff that they had going on. But they just run a lot of power stuff. And that's where I think the projection for Liebke to become a fullback comes from. Maybe he's not going to be a a very skillful running back at the next level. Otherwise, he would have been drafted way higher. I mean, or drafted at all, right? Because he was a UDFA. But he has a skill set to be a fullback. In my opinion, he he is going to shake up the roster at two different positions because he's going to force the Cowboys to carry three different type of running backs, and he's going to force the Cowboys to only carry three tight ends instead of four. I know everyone is gonna uh I, I know everyone's gonna maybe come up with the Kyle Jushik comparison with the 49ers, but that's because he's like the most modern version of a fullback that we've seen take over the league in recent memory. 
take over the league, quote unquote, right? Take over for, for a fullback, as much as a fullback can take over a league. That's the best case scenario for, for Hunter Lipke, in my opinion. The Cowboys can do all sorts of fun stuff with him involved. And he can be a matchup problem. That's the thing with these players. You get him in the backfield, and you get maybe Tony Pollard in there as well. And, you know, the Cowboys are going to threaten you by running power and you having to get some heavy body types in the box in order for them to stop Lipke being the bulldozer and Pollard coming right behind him. But then right when you have a heavy player on Lipke, then he runs a route and he ends up catching the football and just speeding past your guy or just being more athletic than your guy and generating separation. That's the matchup beauty of having a guy like uh, Hunter Lipke that can also run the football. So he's, he's like this triple kind of threat that it will be very fun to watch if the Cowboys get creative with him. It's one of those things that, you know, what do I do with him? How do I cover him? What body type do I want on him? And defenses are going to find a hard way that maybe their choice is the wrong choice. Colin says the best part with Moose was that he got the Moose chant in in any uh, in any every stadium of the NFL. He was beloved league wide. Man, Moose Johnson. Obviously, I didn't get to see him, but one of the guys that I think is uh, near the top of my list of players that I would have loved to to watch live. Albert White says got to get more opportunities. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure if Albert. Means Hendershot here, though. We'll see. Let us know. <laughs> Toxic Tom says, Mo, save moves again. Nah, man, it was it was one time. You, you had to enjoy it. It's like, it's like a magic trick. You only enjoyed the first time. Second time. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's see. Who else is on this list? We are what? One, two... Three, four, we're five names in, no, four names in. Then we got a couple of other players to get to that are on the same tier right now. And there are more. I'm going to ask you who did I miss at the end of the show. But I'm going to go with a couple of specialists. Kevontae Turpin and CJ Goodwin put on blast by the rookies. Who are they impacted by? Let's start with Turpin. Turpin is on the team because he can return footballs. He's not on the team because what he can bring to the table as a returner. Uh, excuse me, as a receiver. That's the truth. The Cowboys would have much better options at wideout, uh, more versatile options that can do a little bit of everything. Now, what does Turpin bring to the table beyond just returning? You know, jet sweeps, that kind of speed threat on offense. I don't want to say that Deuce Vaughn has the speed that Kevontae Turpin does because he really doesn't. I don't think the Deuce Vaughn is as fast as Turpin is or anything like that. But he can be this gadgety type player in those situations in which you can line him up on the slot and then he can motion back into the backfield or maybe he can just run a jet sweep. Maybe you hand the ball off to him. Maybe you don't. Deuce Vaughn can take on that role on offense, I think. Plus, a little bit more because he can be an actual running back for you, or at least that's what the Cowboys are betting on, even though he's got the size issues, etc. But this Vaughn impacts Kevontae Turpin in that way. Now, Vaughn also returned 
kickoffs when he was at Kansas State. This is key. He didn't return punts. So that is a big thing going into the offseason. Can Deuce Vaughn field and return punts properly? Because if he can, and then he can also return kicks like kickoffs. Oh, man. Turpin is going to be in trouble, won't he? And obviously, he's a Pro Bowl returner, etc. He's a Pro Bowl returner. And that's why I have him in my 53-man roster projection. Because if you told me, bet yes or no, is he making the team? I would say yes, talking about Turpin. But I also look at this Deuce Vaughn guy. And I look at maybe an undrafted free agent like uh, Durden, who the Cowboys admittedly look at as a Noah Brown replacement. And then there's Jalen Moreno-Cropper. Maybe he doesn't bring a lot of value to special teams, or at least he didn't in college, though. I just think that, you know, the fact that Turpin only brings, you know, that to the table, uh, mainly the returns, in my opinion, puts him at risk immediately. Immediately. Now, Eltino says, Deuce practicing receiving punts. And of course, of course, he's got to, right? Lance says, I like Deuce returning kicks. He did some of that at, at Kansas State, but he didn't. Uh, he doesn't have punt experience, which is very interesting. Deuce, you can get very creative with Deuce Vaughn while also keeping him from being just a gadgety player, but he can do that stuff, in my opinion. He can be this shifty player that the Cowboys play with. Anyways, uh, CJ Goodwin is also an obvious one. <laughs> Toxic Tom, I know who you're thinking of. Uh, Toxic Tom says, has said, uh, Mo, where is he? Earlier on the show, Toxic Tom says, where is he, Mo? <laughs> I'm going to try to to find another one here because I'm 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 sure I've seen like four or five of them. Let's see. Do you do you guys know who who Toxic is talking about here? There there were more of this earlier on the show. More where is he mo's? Uh where is he mo? Here's another one from earlier. We'll we'll get to that. Uh before we get to Toxic's mystery player that I already know who he's talking about, I gotta talk about CJ Goodwin a little bit here. Similar situation, just similar situation uh, than Turpin. Because right now you have Eric Scott Jr. joining the squad. And John Fassel was maybe happy about drafting Eric Scott Jr. Because maybe he fits that description for a potential special teamer. And Sean Wright is also in there. You've got, uh, in one way or another, Kelvin Joseph in there. And how many, how many specialists can you carry on the team, right? Uh, so CJ Goodwin, just got to add him there for good measure. He is a guy that the Cowboys love. But we'll see if the numbers game adds up for them in order to carry all of them. Now, I didn't include Kelvin Joseph, but he was also a good pick. That's who Toxic Tom is obviously talking about. I, I knew that. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, come on up, says Toxic Tom. Let me know in the chat, who did I miss? Who did I miss? Players that were put on the hot seat because of the Cowboys rookie class, including UDFAs and including draft picks. Let me know in the chat, who did I miss? Uh, Kelvin Joseph is a fair one. He definitely is. But also, man, the Cowboys are higher on him than we are. I think that is fair to say. The Cowboys didn't flinch 
when the off-field stuff happened last year, they never hesitated. They never thought of getting rid of him or anything like that. He's, the, the plans for him to be a defender really came to a halt. I'll give you that. But I think the Cowboys have maybe not given up on Kelvin Joseph. And more specifically, I think that they might be higher on him than they were with Nashawn Wright, for example. And those guys and Eric Scott Jr. are going to be involved in quite the roster battle when it comes to those final spots of the cornerback position. The thing about Goodwin, though, is that he doesn't get to play that game. He doesn't get to compete to be a cornerback. Goodwin is is only playing for the 53rd spot on the roster, if that makes sense. He's not fighting to be a cornerback. He's fighting to be one of the final 53 guys. Uh, So he's naturally threatened by many players on the roster. Like it could be Eric Scott Jr. It could also be a seventh wide receiver or something like that. So just watch out for for C.J. Goodwin maybe being at risk. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Goodwin always survives, says the guru. Kelvin Joseph says, uh, (laughs) Toxic Tom. Joseph got to rebuild trust, says Lance Bell. Gregory says, Mo, do you think that there is any chance that Kyrgios doesn't make it on the 53? Zero. None. Nada. I think think Kyrgios is a lock. I would look at Kyrgios as a lock. And I know the Cowboys have a lot of of safeties, but Kyrgios is so important to the Cowboys' defense. So, so important. So, no. Not at all. Do not see that happening. Unless he's suspended or he suffers like a season-ending injury, obviously. But talking about like football competition for, for the roster spots, no, sir. I hate that I said that because I, I don't believe in jinxes. But still, I hate that I said that and I put that out there. <laughs> obviously not my intention. Collins is Marquise Bell. How does Overshone impact him? Ooh, Colin, that is a good freaking question. Because I've wondered a lot about Overshown and what the plans are for him. And I don't know, like, I personally look at Overshown as this potential Jaron Kears type player for the future because he was a safety. He transitioned to linebacker. You guys know the story by now. And yet, even though that has, that has been my theory since day one pre-draft when the Cowboys were linked to Overshown, I've got to say, I don't know if the Cowboys do look at him as a linebacker and period, linebacker only. That could be it, too. Keeping it real here on the show. Uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN.com, who's an NFL insider, put out a draft boss article for every team. And he had an interesting quote in there that said, the Cowboys believe Overshown can be an all-down linebacker. Now, if that is really the plan that the Cowboys have, maybe not for 2023, but maybe like for his second year or something like that, does it mean that the Cowboys really look at him as a second-level defender and not really this hybrid player that we have thought all along? Because that's how I look at Overshawn personally for the Cowboys. I look at him as a Jaron Kears 2.0 and a potential replacement for Kears that does a little bit of everything. He plays in the box. He will line up in a nickel. He will be very involved in stopping the run. 
Obershone has the range to do that, right? Let's see here who, who else we've got here. Who else is being brought up in the, in the chat? <clears throat> but anyways, oh yeah, I think that Obershone could impact Marquise Bell. I wouldn't look at Bell as a roster lock. I wouldn't. But uh, the Cowboys clearly like him, so I personally had him in my 53-man roster projection. Colin says, uh, Nishang Wright needs to be in the conversation too. I agree. I agree with that. I think that, you know, the cornerbacks, you've got the starting three, Gilmore, Diggs, De'Ron Bland. And I mean, I'm looking at De'Ron Bland as he started right now. And then at number four, people don't seem to agree with me a whole lot on this one. But I think Jordan Lewis is kind of a lock right now. I know he's maybe not the the guy that the Cowboys wanted him to be, et cetera, but man, he's got NFL experience and that's not easy. That's not easy to pass on. Uh, plus Bland has shown you that he can play outside. So Bland say that, you know, we don't want this to happen, but say that a Gilmore suffers an injury. You can kick Bland outside and you can feel pretty comfortable having Lewis as your backup nickel cornerback. So I, I wouldn't just I wouldn't move on from Lewis. And I don't think that the Cowboys will. I think he's got a, a roster lock there. Now, the one reason why that might not be the case is the injury, because he obviously suffered a very serious injury, and he might not be the same guy. If he if he is not the same guy, then I can see Lewis being gone. But then that's a whole different conversation, and one that I really think we do not have enough information for right now. Toxic Tom says, Mo, one person who should have a warmer seat is Michael Gallup. Maybe for next year. I, I agree that uh, Gallup does not have a long-term future secured with Dallas. I don't know about 2023, man. I think that he's a roster lock. And I look at the Cowboys wide receiver room and I have trouble coming up with a guy that's number three. That's not Michael Gallup, personally. Easy Mukwamos is Lance Bell. Nah, man, Easy's guy. Easy's my guy. I think that Easy showed uh, showed the NFL what he can do last year. And they had him playing nickel cornerback near the end of the season. They had him playing wide cornerback. They had him playing a little bit of everything, uh, and he killed it. He's very versatile. He's not hybrid players as heck. And I don't say this because he was a primetime guest last year, but Easy, I think, is pretty damn good, and the Cowboys are not moving on from him at all. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do have the one cool thing. One cool thing of the week. Let me know in the chat, what is your one cool thing of the week? For those of you who are new to the show, this is our random segment every Tuesday night. And we all share something personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. What is your one cool thing of the week? Hit me up with it in the chat. I'll give you mine. And it's an easy one to come up with, by the way. You, some of you might know this if you've been watching Primetime for a while. But I'm in Chihuahua, Mexico. And there's a professional football league in Mexico. And I've been covering the Caudillos of Chihuahua, which translates to the Warlords, since 2020 when they were founded. They are currently undefeated, 
9-0 about to play the regular season finale on Saturday night to get to 10-0. I've been previous seasons I did play-by-play for them. Right now I'm being the PA announcer on the stadium. I'm the voice of the stadium. It's been pretty fun. They have nothing to fight for. They've got the number one seed, home field advantage. They will host the semifinal, whatever happens. But they want to go to get that on the fitted mark. 10-0. and 0. I'm very excited about that. That's my one cool thing of the week. And also for all my <clears throat> Hispanic friends, Caballo Dorado is the halftime show. So I'm pretty damn excited about dancing <laughs> to Caballo Dorado. If you guys do not know <laughs> what Caballo Dorado is, man, <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to feed any sorts of of stereotypes or anything like that. <laughs> but Caballo Dorado and Payaso de Rodeo are like classic music in Mexican quinceañeras, etc. Uh, you could maybe you should look it up. Payaso del Rodeo. That's how you would type it into Google, I think. Uh, let's see your one cool things of the week. Katharina says. NFL schedule comes out most definitely. That is the one cool thing for Katharina. I wanted to say something last night. I didn't about the NFL schedule hype. Many people hate on it. But bro, it is very understandable. Sure, we know who the opponents are previously. But we know that since like January or something like that. So we don't, we don't get the excitement. Right? Because... Right after the season ends, you already know who you're playing for next year. But at that moment in time, you don't care about it. Now, MLB does 182 games. You're not going to get hyped about the schedule release. NBA, similar conversation. The NFL, it's 17 games and six of those are yearly. So you're really excited about the idea of finding out when you are playing 11 opponents specifically. I think it's high worth. I think the NFL schedule is high worth. Uh, double R, you almost got me, man. Lance Belts' Lakers 3-1 over the Golden State Warriors. That is his one cool thing of the week. <clears throat> All in Joey Bellas' Mauricio. One cool thing is that it is my mother's birthday today. She turned 56 years young. May God bless her with many more. Hey, happy birthday to Joey Bellas' mom. That is awesome. 56 years young. I love that. Uh, Kendrick says, how can I watch it? If you mean the Mexican Sports League, the LFA, just like that. LFA football, I guess, and it's going to it's gonna show up. And they're, they live stream the games on YouTube, so you can find it there pretty easily. And the, my team is the Caudillos. El Tina says, Mo is a Pat Summerdale of Mexican football. Man, not really, but uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day we could be that. Gilbert says, my grandson, Magic Man, is in Austin, Texas for the state track meet. That's his uh, one cool thing. Colin says, 200 skydive last weekend. Oh, damn, 200 skydive? Colin, that's awesome. Toxic says he's headed to Camden Yards to see the O's on Friday. I don't get it. That that This is the one cool thing segment, though. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining me on this fine, fine Tuesday night. As always, I will see you on Wednesday night. Prime time brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. Nos vemos.
el día de mañana, 8 de la noche. Bye, bye.